Preston outside on, for the three. It looks good. No, it's out. Try to tip it in. No, not again. Looks like a popcorn popper up there. Must be a little too much English on this. It's got French, Spanish, and Swahili on it. 15 seconds left of the game. Huskies are up by one. Washington has the ball. Huskies have to keep the Cougars from scoring. Tyler on Davidson now as he brings it up. Kenny, I'm over here. Listen to me. Don't blow it. The boy gonna go left. All right, watch Davidson takes left, goes right, leaves Tyler faked. He drives in for an easy slam. I thought you said he was going left. He went, he went to our left. Hey, what? What? And Coach Peterson's gonna call a timeout to regroup. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the NBA League Pass Podcast, only on the War Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams. We are broadcasting live from a city without an NBA team. That's right, we're broadcasting from Newark, New Jersey. Bring back the Nets. Like I said, this is the NBA League Pass Podcast, full-court press of everything you need to know. NBA 30 minutes or less. Follow my Instagram page, war underscore report underscore radio. And follow my Twitter page, War Report Radio Straight Through. We're going to begin with some headlines. Okay, let's discuss some news coming out of New Orleans. Anthony Davis. The Pelicans have shut down Anthony Davis, their forward slash center. Fourth year pro and all-star. Possibly all-NBA player this year. Anthony Davis has been shut down for the remainder of the season. There's only 13 games left, so I don't really have a problem with this. Anthony Davis, he's been playing with a... uh, Shoulder injury and a knee injury. So it was about time to shut down Anthony Davis, start the tank, possibly lose the last 13 games and improve your draft stock uh, headed into this NBA draft, which is about 100 days away, uh, considering that the Pelicans own their pick this year. So a smart move on all sides. You know, uh, Anthony Davis, he gets to rest up for the rest of the season. We get his offseason strong. You know what I mean? Get to work on his game a little bit more strongly in the offseason with some rest. Uh, the Pelicans, they get to protect their investment. They paid Anthony Davis big-time money last year for his extension, possibly $145 million. If not that, uh, he gets $121 million. I'll explain that a little bit further. Uh, basically, if he makes all NBA rosters for five years, he's going to get $145 million. If not, he makes $120 million either way. And there's some rumblings online right now saying that Anthony Davis isn't going to make a all-NBA team which I think is ridiculous. How is Anthony Davis not on at least a third-team All-NBA? He should be, if not first, at least second-team All-NBA. He's probably the best big man in the entire league uh, right next to DeMarcus Cousins. So, like, who can you possibly put in Anthony Davis' roster spot even though he's missing the last 13 games of the season? I don't believe that anybody can overtake Anthony Davis at this point for an All-NBA roster. Uh, uh, so I expect Anthony Davis to make an all-NBA roster for one, even though he's missing the last 13 games of the season. And on top of that, he's going to make his money back, uh, $145 million. So I don't really have that concern. I know there's some articles coming out on like ESPN, SB Nation, and saying that he might lose $21 million. Don't believe in this stuff, guys. Anthony Davis is for sure going to make an all-NBA roster. And speaking of my end-of-the-season awards, we got 13 games left. Be on the lookout for my end-of-the-season awards on my next podcast. This is the League Pass Podcast, by the way. Let's move on with another headline. Uh, Dwayne Wade becomes the 41st player in the NBA history to reach 20,000 points. Um, he played uh, the Cavs last night, I believe, in... Uh, if not last night, two nights ago, excuse me, two nights ago, they played the Cavs uh, at Miami, and uh, the Heat demolished the Cavs. And LeBron came out after the game and said he's a little concerned about that 
considering we might have to play the Heat in the playoffs. So, interesting uh, game, I, w- I have to say the least. Now, this came on the same night the Spurs played the Warriors, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But Dwayne Wade, go back to Dwayne Wade really quickly. 41st player in NBA history, 20,000 points. And I thought it was really interesting that Carmelo Anthony has more points to this point in his career than uh, Dwayne Wade. Not a lot of people give Carmelo Anthony enough credit for that. Dwayne Wade is just now reaching 20,000 points. Melo's already at 22,000. So give Melo his just due in the NBA. He's played 13 years, scored over 22,000 points. Dwayne Wade, three-time NBA champion, is just reaching 20,000 points. So that's, that could give you guys some justification in, in why Melo is still an all-star and, and why you must respect Carmelo Anthony's game. That same night, the Spurs defeated the Warriors on their home floor. Was a low-scoring game, definitely a defensive matchup that we're not accustomed to seeing from a Golden State Warriors game. I think the night before, Steph and uh, Clay combined for 70 points against the Dallas Mavericks. So if you watch the Dallas Mavericks game against the uh, Warriors, I mean, Clay himself hit 10 threes, but the Warriors were playing on a back-to-back that Saturday night in their loss to the Spurs. Steph played terrible; he had only uh, 14 points. Clay didn't play that well either. Kawhi Leonard did his thing, whatever. But the Spurs, it was more of a team effort win on on their part. And uh, definitely they brought the defensive intensity that we're not really accustomed to seeing in uh, regular season basketball. So just gives you guys a little bit more hope that we have something to look forward to in the uh, NBA playoffs if the Spurs and Warriors do meet up. Looking at the Western Conference standings right now. The Warriors, as I said, are 62 and 7. The Spurs are 59 and 10. So the Spurs are just three games back right now. The Warriors, and that's amazing considering the great season the Warriors are having right now. Speaking of the Spurs and uh, the Warriors, Tony Parker came out this week and said, "Yeah, I don't really know about calling this Warriors team one of the greatest of all time, considering we haven't even reached playoff basketball yet. Were they to win it, then you gotta start discussing them maybe in the same context." But you also got to discuss the Chicago Bulls at the time that they won 72 games, 72 and 10. They were coming off their fourth NBA championship in uh, six years. In the two years, Michael Jordan wasn't even in the NBA the entire season. Uh, I know he came back and played in the playoff game in like 95 and lost to the Magic. But either way, when you discuss some of the greatest teams of all time, the Bulls also won six NBA championships in eight years. And like I said, Jordan was already out two years. Tony Parker also patted himself on the back and said it, that the uh, Spurs, they're going to be remembered as all-time great simply because they won five championships in the past 15 years, which is very important as well to bring up. So the Warriors right now, they have one championship. So it's just interesting right now, you know, if they don't win it this year and, and they actually beat the record at, uh, and go 73-9, and nine, but don't win the NBA championship, how do you classify this Golden State Warriors team? You probably won't remember them as the greatest NBA team ever. Uh, so they do have to complete their repeat to even be considered as one of the greatest teams ever. Anyway, moving along. 13 NBA games left. The Warriors must go 10-3 and three to tie, 11-2 and two to defeat the Bulls record. Which is quite possible they have to play the Spurs twice, one home, one away matchup. So I'm very interested to see what happens in that regard. Also looking forward to see them in the playoffs as well. More headlines. The Toronto Raptors slowly have creeped up 
and are now one game behind the Cavaliers for sole first place in the uh, NBA East, which is quite important. Uh, the Raptors right now have, are on a four-game winning streak. The Cavs have just lost their last game to the Miami Heat. And I'm not sure what's going on with this Cavs roster. Don't look like they're having too much fun out there, which is a big concern considering we're so close to the playoffs. I know once they're in the playoffs, a little bit more jumpstart, more energy is going to be seen from this Cavaliers team. But it's not a great sign when you see them not really playing hard and, and losing by 20 points to other playoff teams this close to the playoffs. You know what I mean? So just interesting. More headlines. Okay, now Dwight Howard. He's being reviewed by the NBA. He, he used some sticky palm in his uh, last matchup against the Hawks. And he was actually ratted out by Paul Millsap after Dwight made a layup. Millsap was at the free throw line and he touched the ball. And he's like, hey, rep, something's wrong with this ball. It's like some sticky substance on this ball. And you got to review that. So Dwight Howard, man, he's a weird guy. I know he just changed his agent to Shaq's agent. What can you really say about Dwight Howard? He hasn't really had type of success that you would want him to have for the Rockets his season with the Lakers was a complete disaster so he's a great NBA player he probably won't go down ever as one of the greatest of all time or anything like that but very solid to great NBA player but this story kind of rubs me the wrong way he's using like sticky palm on his hands and why do you even need that why do you need that to play basketball I'm not sure this isn't football you're not a wide receiver all you have to do is catch rebounds and catch the ball make basket so I'm not sure what Dwight was thinking he I, he said it's not a big deal and that he's been using this sticky palm on his hands like all, all his NBA career for the past nine years whatever man like hopefully the NBA deals with this accordingly they find Dwight Howard out the wazoo at least $25,000 I think that would be enough and just tell him never never to use that again you know because when other NBA players are looking at the ball and saying hey yo I never felt this ball that I've been playing basketball all my life feel like this when I'm shooting this free throw. It's a problem, you know what I mean? I'm not sure if Dwight was trying to get an unfair advantage out there, but we'll see what happens in that regard. Can't wait to see what happens coming from this NBA story. It could be nothing or it could be something, but bottom line, Dwight has at least already admitted to using it. It's not like he tried to cover it up, so that's good. More headlines. I know I talked about the playoffs steadily approaching. Got the Utah Jazz fighting for their playoff lives. They're the ninth seed right now. They're only one game back of the Dallas Mavericks. So who knows if the Utah Jazz can actually make the playoffs and make the eighth seed. I think they should do everything in their power to try to make the eighth seed. I know Gordon Haywood hasn't been healthy late, but for the Utah Jazz to even make the playoffs in the West, considering, you know, they don't really have that many great players, would be a good look for them you know they're not going to have a good lottery position in the draft if they stay as a nine seed so going to the playoffs and getting that experience will probably be what's best for the Utah Jazz hopefully though the Mavs can do what they got to do and hold on to the eighth seed I know Dirk Nowinski he's 37 who knows when Dirk is going to slow down but he's probably one of the oldest guys right now in this generation Dirk Nowinski that can still put up numbers at 37 you know Tim Duncan is old Kobe is, is old but Dirk Nowinski is still putting up big numbers and that has to be noted only players that have really averaged more than uh, Dirk Nowinski at this stage have been like Michael Jordan Karl Malone and I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all those players are like top NBA scorers of all time so 
just noted that Dirk Nowinski, he's still the man. And give Dirk Nowinski his props. I know Dirk, after the Mavs lost to the Warriors, came out and said that the NBA should consider moving the NBA three-point line back, which is a very interesting take, especially coming from a Hall of Famer like Dirk Nowinski, considering how many threes that he's made in, in his career. He's just looking at what Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have been doing. There, and shout out to Klay Thompson too. I forgot to mention, he's the uh, second fastest player to reach a thousand threes in his NBA career, and he did it only uh, three games behind Stephen Curry, who was number one on that list. Now back to uh, what Dirk is talking about. What he's talking about is not something that could happen next year, but possibly in the next ten years as the game continues to evolve, as more and more kids continue to watch Stephen Curry and begin taking a three-point shot more serious, players are naturally going to be better at shooting threes now. Now that Steph Curry has proven that it could be such a big part of the game. Now, I'm not saying that people didn't know that before, but what I'm saying is he's revolutionized the game such that young kids, when they're practicing now, when they're fundamentals, three-point shot is a part of the, the game now as a fundamental. Like, you have to know how to shoot threes now, especially guards in the NBA. So, maybe in the NBA, maybe 10 years from now, you'll see a longer three-point line, maybe even a wider court. Who knows? Just interesting. Now, really quick, before I uh, finish off with headlines, you got to discuss uh, the 8th, uh, ninth, and 10th spots in the East. I know I discussed the 8th uh, and ninth spots in the West. you got to talk about the Pistons and the Wizards on the outside looking in. With uh, 13 games remaining. The Bulls right now. Chicago Bulls right now in the 8th seed. Pistons are one game behind the Chicago Bulls in the loss column. But they have played more games than the Chicago Bulls at this point. And the Wizards right now. They're one and a half games behind the Chicago Bulls outright. So pay attention to that. What happens in this final 13 games. I know John Wall has been putting his team on his back. Dropping triple doubles. And speaking of triple doubles. How can you talk about triple doubles without Russell Westbrook? He's got a league leading 14 triple doubles now. Shout out to Russell Westbrook, man. He's, he's been killing it. Uh, any other headlines? You got to talk about Jordan Farmar to the Grizzlies. They, they picked up Jordan Farmar out of, who knows? He wasn't even in the NBA. Uh, but shout out to the Grizzlies. I like that move. I always like Jordan Farmar. He's a good player. He's won some championships with the Lakers. So good championship pedigree guy. Can't expect much from him, but... He can do the small things, hit some threes, defend a little bit. I like Jordan Farmar's game. He deserves to be in the NBA. And lastly, Isaiah Whitehead out of Seton Hall, the point guard from Brooklyn, New York, announced that uh, he's going to test his uh, NBA market and uh, enter his name in the draft. So I like Isaiah Whitehead's game. I'm not sure where he'll, he'll be picked in the NBA, but I do think he has NBA talent and a NBA body, athleticism, stuff like that, stuff that is going to matter. I don't really know where he'd be picked. Possibly second round, but possibly he'll have some staying power in the NBA. Sports fans in this sprawling metropolis have frequently been portrayed as blasé, even laid back, if you will. But one team has turned this all around. It is the pro basketball team that plays inside the forum here in Inglewood, California. Okay, now this is the forum. Shout out to RealGM.com. Head over there to the forum. You can check out what all the NBA fans online are talking about, all actively discussing. 
first topic we're going to discuss is David Blatt versus Teron Lu. Now, the headline reads, David Blatt, when he was five, was uh, 30 and 11. And since then, uh, Teron Lu took the reins. He's already 19 and 9. Okay, now, the question basically, what they're, what we're discussing here is whether firing David Blatt was the wrong move for the Cavs. And if you read the forum, you know, the, the people online are saying that was a terrible move for the Cavs. As you can see, Teron Lu is way over his head. Uh, I know he came in. People thought Teron Lu was going to be this special, fiery coach that could get under the Cavs and get them to play correctly. But if you really think about David Blatt, his first season in the NBA, he made it to the NBA Finals. He was up 2-1 to one against the Warriors before the Warriors came back and won that series. And he was playing without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving. Now, knowing this, right, and he's a first-year head coach in the NBA. He has a great pedigree over in the international playing. Uh, he won a couple championships overseas. So basically, David Blatt came in as one of the best coaches in the world. And they fired him uh, after being 30-11. and 11. And Kyrie didn't even play uh, early in the season. So, like, with Kyrie healthy now, why is... And Kevin Love healthy. Why Why is Tyron Lue having less success than expected? Knowing that the playoffs are only 13 games away. And, and Tyron Lue doesn't have good control of this team. When you watch the Cavs play right now, they don't really know what their identity is. If LeBron is out there, you always have a, a good floor general out there on the court. But... Every, every game, you, you expect something different. You know, the Cavs have a lot of redundant players. Um, even though you could consider redundancy uh, in the NBA is kind of depth in, in some circles. You could say, like, having JR and Iman Shepard and Richard Jefferson, they all kind of do the same things. And that could be considered depth. But at the same time, is that redundancy because they don't do other things that you need to have on a playoff team. If you think about the Spurs roster, they don't have really redundant players at all. Everybody on the Spurs roster is a little bit different and brings something to the table. Uh, you got to think about guys like Boris Diaw and guys like Kyle Anderson, Ginobili, Patty Mills, uh, Tony Parker. Everybody has different games. LaMarcus Aldridge is, is, is very different than Tim Duncan and David West. You know, they all, they all have different games and that would... That's what maybe can be the difference for the Spurs. So, just an interesting topic, you know, because it brings up whether or not how much control does LeBron really have over this Cavs organization? Uh, did he get David Blatt fired? And if he did, was that the best move for the Cavs? You know, because in the in the past, the Cavs have had a history of putting LeBron James first and LeBron James over the Cavaliers organization. Uh, case in point, when they traded the number one pick, and uh, Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love. That was completely LeBron. In my opinion, they probably should have took the number one picks on uh, and, and used it on Jabari Parker. And now Jabari Parker is a little bit different than LeBron. And in my opinion, would have been a better third option than Kevin Love. You already have Kyrie there. If you're the Cavaliers organization and you really put the Cavaliers first in that move, I think you build towards the future. Kyrie at the time was a very young player, about 22, 21 years old still. Draft for the future and not just try to win now, you know, because with Jabari Parker in the in, in that spot, not only do you save money because you don't have to pay Kevin Love all this amounts of money, uh, so you have a Jabari Parker on his rookie contract and you use that money that you're paying Kevin Love for another star, maybe a LaMarcus Aldridge at the time, you know, so just a terrible move in my opinion and, and, and I won't say that the Cavaliers really regret that 
decision right now because they are in a contending position for NBA title. But the bottom line is they're going to regret that decision down the line, maybe next year or two years from now, three years from now. And bottom line also, LeBron at this stage in his career, he can play the four. LeBron as a four man will be much more effective if they had two wing guys next to LeBron rather than clogging up the lane with Kevin Love and, and Tristan Thompson down lower or Timothy Mosgoff. So having Jabari Parker would have gave the Cavaliers a lot more versatility to play a team like the Warriors. To be honest with you, they would have been well more adept in defeating the Warriors because the Warriors play with what? They play with wing guys around Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. So just an interesting aspect, you know, that the Cavaliers chose. Okay, next topic is could Shaq dominate the NBA today? And I haven't even opened up this forum yet, but I would say yes. Simply because Shaquille O'Neal was the greatest center I've ever seen. Now, there's a lot of talk about, you know, triple teams and zone defense and the importance of the three-point shot. But bottom line is, if you got a, if you got a guy that could, you know, score every time he touched the basketball. I know the hack of Shaq probably would have been used to death uh, during this stage of the NBA because it's worked with DeAndre Jordan. It, 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 it was invented with Shaq, but it's, it's, it was brought to new heights now with the NBA uh, with DeAndre Jordan probably. So could he be able to dominate if every time he touched the rock, you know, he's going to the free throw line, hitting one of twos, you know. But you got to remember, Shaq, when he touched the ball and he was already had position on you down low, it probably was more like an and-one type of situation for Shaq because he could take the contact. He was that strong and, and that big of a guy to, and that talented, too, to take the contact and still finish and, and get an and-one opportunity and just possibly posterize you at the same time. So having Shaq in this NBA would have been great to see simply because if you look at guys like DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, they've had the opportunity to step out and be more perimeter scorers as well as inside scorers. And just because we haven't seen that from Shaq in the old NBA 10, 10, 15 years ago, he was playing with the Lakers, doesn't mean Shaq wouldn't have been capable of doing it. You know, I've seen Shaq many of times get his own rebound and push the rock up the floor. I know during NBA All-Star games, he's shown that ability to do guard things in the NBA. So I think having Shaq in NBA today would have been ridiculous because you got a guy that can really do it all he could really pass the ball as well Shaq so he would have been a huge asset for any team that he was on bottom line Shaq is one of the greatest to do it all time possibly top five NBA players we will ever see in the history of the game so also talk about some of Shaq's competition potentially if he were in the league today in his prime DeMarcus Cousins is, is much smaller than Shaq you know what I mean even though DeMarcus Cousins is a beast in his own right how can you put DeMarcus Cousins at 6'10", 6'11", against 7'1", 300 pounds? Let's talk about DeAndre Jordan. He's seven. He's a 7-footer, legit, but he's much thinner than Shaq was. So how can you put a DeAndre Jordan on, on Shaq? That's like putting, like, Tim Duncan on Shaq. And, and Tim Duncan can't really guard Shaq, even though Tim Duncan is a great Hall of Fame player and uh, had many battles with Shaq, but... That's not a good matchup. I wouldn't put DeAndre Jordan. Even if, even though DeAndre Jordan jumps out the gym, doesn't mean he could guard Shaq down low. Like, that's dead. Talk about Marcus Gasol or even Paul Gasol. Come on, man. They're two 
no way could they even in their wildest dreams be on Shaq's level down low. Like, if, like I will be so confident having Shaq in today's NBA, knowing that I have a guy that nobody else can defend. Back in the days, Shaq was so dominant. Not only did they three-peat, but he was demolishing other centers back in back in the day. Now you could say that. Back in 2000, he had some weak competition at the center position. You know, Elijah and Ewing were all out of the league by then, and when Shaq had his reign, but my God, man, you can't put Shaquille O'Neal against today's NBA centers. He would eat them alive. Barbecue chicken theory. Okay, next topic, man. Dennis Schroeder and his future contract in the NBA. How much will Dennis Schroeder demand on the open market? As I understand, if I understand correctly, rather, Dennis Schroeder, he's going to be a restricted free agent. So, teams can only throw money at him knowing that the Atlanta Hawks can match that offer. Now, if I'm the New York Knicks and possibly looking at adding a point guard option this year, I'd rather have Dennis Schroeder than a lot of available guards on the open market uh, coming up in free agency. Now, Hawks, they have a very tough decision to make considering Dennis Schroeder doesn't even start for the Hawks. He's behind Jeff Teague right now, who's their starting point guard. And Dennis Schroeder mainly plays against second units. He does play against first units all the time. He gets a lot of burn for the Hawks. But does that justify possibly paying a backup Roughly $75 million over like four years or something like crazy. Like it's four or five years, $75 million, $80 million. Now, if I'm the Knicks, their point guard situation is abysmal. They're terrible at point guard. Now, I would I would honestly offer Dennis Schroeder that type of deal. Uh, you got to talk about guys like Reggie Jackson. He, he demanded like $85 million in the open market. He gets paid what John Wall gets paid. And if you consider... What these guys are going to be making with this new NBA uh, cap situation going on, that where they, where they get each team gets twenty million more dollars this year. Why not throw that money at a guy like Dennis Schroeder if you're like the New York Knicks and need a point guard situation? I always call Dennis Schroeder Baby Rondo. So if you're looking at getting a guy like Rajon Rondo, why not get a guy like Dennis Schroeder, who's much younger, has much more potential right now, probably could be better coached. Um, and he probably has a better shot than Rajon Rondo. He has lightning fast quickness. He can get to any way he wants to on the floor. So why not give a guy like Dennis Schroeder $80 million if you're the New York Knicks? He's 22 right now. Very young player. And he could be your point guard for the future. He could definitely start for any NBA team. Uh, so the Atlanta Hawks, you know, they got a very tough decision. I think... The real GM board right now is in agreement with me as well because they think that Dennis Schroeder is going to demand a, a max contract simply because everybody else is getting max contracts. If you give Tristan Thompson $80 million, what, did, what is a Dennis Schroeder worth in the NBA? You know, so Atlanta Hawks, you know, they should probably keep Dennis Schroeder just as insurance um, because Atlanta Hawks have spent so much time being so bad that now that they have a good team, why would they let some of their good players just go walk away for nothing you know what i mean so just an interesting topic to discuss you know and uh i'll be looking forward to see what dennis shorter demands on the open market and when he's a free agent the kid wanted to go up against me play one-on-one -on -one. i said let's get it on why not my ball i don't believe in cutting people slack 
You should work for everything that you get. I got speed. <laughs> I got shot. Ah! I got stamina. I got integrity. Seven zip. Seven zip. You got another shot? I've got mad game that he's never seen before. Crossovers he's never seen before. Dang. I'm gonna shake him up bad. Okay, now before I get out of here, just wanted to do a match made in heaven. That's right. This is match made in heaven. This time we're going to discuss Kawhi Leonard, Greg Popovich, and the San Antonio Spurs. What a match made in heaven this one is. Considering the Spurs have found their new building block for the next 10 years. Now, there were some rumblings that Greg Popovich might retire when Tim Duncan retires. Nah, probably not going to happen. Uh, he's going to stick around, watch this kid Kawhi Leonard grow. He's a two-way superstar for this San Antonio Spurs. They already have a great supporting cast in LaMarcus Aldridge. And uh, Tony Parker is going to be there as well, even if Ginobili and Duncan retire after this season. Now, the reason why this is a match made in heaven is because the type of player Kawhi Leonard is and the type of person he is on and off the court. Now, he's a hard worker on and off on the floor. Off the floor, he's low-key. He doesn't have a social media page. He doesn't have a Twitter page. He doesn't have a Facebook page. He doesn't care about any of the accolades. He could care less about driving a nice BMW, a nice Bentley. He hasn't even spent any of his uh, contract money he signed with over the season with the Spurs. He re-signed with the Spurs for like $85 million max contract. And word on the street is there's been reports coming out that he still drives a 19-year-old car that he's been driving since high school. Now, this is a great move and match made in heaven for the Spurs considering this is the same profile as Tim Duncan, the guy who, who was their previous building block for the past 15 years. Tim Duncan, he's low-key. He doesn't care about the accolades. Uh, he's one of the greatest power forwards of all time. And Kawhi Leonard has the possibility to be one of the greatest two-way players of all time considering he's a great defender and he could give you buckets in many different ways. How can you forget about Greg Popovich? Already five NBA championships. He's looking at add one in Duncan's final year this year, possibly. So, I just like this match made in heaven for the Spurs. Just a perfect player for the perfect coach in the perfect franchise. Match made in heaven. I think we've allotted our time for today's episode. This is the NBA League Pass podcast. Only on the War Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams. And uh, I'm signing out. Follow my Instagram page, war underscore report underscore radio. Follow my Twitter pages, war report radio straight through. All right. Peace.